Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How's it going, buddy? Good, Jeremy. How about you? Oh, real good, real good. Hey, I gotta say, <laughs> thank you. First of all, thank you so much for that gift you sent me. Oh, yeah. But you know, the funny thing is like, I I didn't, you would let me know like, oh, there's, what's your address? I want to send something to you. And then I, I go and I get the mail and I bring it back. And even though it says my name on it, like that's our Amazon account, right? And Foster was waiting for something he ordered on Amazon. And so I give it to him. And I leave the room, and then Steph's like, "What?" I heard them talk. It's like, "What is this?" And it's like, "I don't know." And I was like, "What? Something came that we didn't learn." And, and I was like, "What?" I said, "I looked at that, but I didn't. I didn't put it in my cart, and I didn't buy it. I know for a fact." And Steph's like, "Really?" And so we're checking our Amazon history, and she's like, "Well, maybe we bought it on Amazon.com." And so I'm looking at my .com account instead of .ca, and then I'm like, "No, we haven't bought anything there for like nine months." And I'm like, what sweet? And then I text you. I was like, have you ever had something come on Amazon that you were just looking at? And I literally thought I hoodwinked the system. <laughs> I was like, yes, I got a free product from Amazon. And then uh, that cracked me up. He said, only when it's a gift from a friend. And I'm like, oh, you dirty dog. Thank you so much, man. That is hey, such a cool little tool set. No problem. I seen it, you know, on uh, South Main Auto. Erica yeah. using one similar to that. Because I and, looked that up right after our episode when you told me about that. Yeah, and uh, I had been wanting it for a while, and then just putting it off, putting it off, forget about it, remember, putting it off. Then we were talking about something, you know, related to that, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get one, and I'm going to get one, send it to Jeremy, because yeah. he'll never buy it for himself. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I think it'll be cool for the – you know, the bikes or the motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Because anything, just about anything, <clears throat> um, 13 mil and below, it'll take care of. Yeah. Even like security torques, it has those. I was like, yeah. whoa, yeah. And I bought, um, have you ever seen like a fender bag for like adventure motorcycles? Yeah. Yeah, I picked one of those up. I need to make a, a little aluminum reinforcement for the top of my fender, but... And so basically it clips on there and it's a small tool bag and it is like perfect for that. Cause you know, the, the little stock toolkit that these DRs come with, it's yeah. Neato burrito. It might get you through one repair, but you know, they're those little wrenches that you think if you tighten something a little too much, it'll just open up on you. But oh yeah, this thing's going to be perfect for in there and put that with a little pair of Nipex and. Yeah, man, I bought some, like I told you in the, the text, like some Weira screwdriver set that was on discount. I like their tools. I've never owned them before, like, but a, but a month ago or something like that, but I am fairly impressed with them. Do you have uh, many others? Um, many moons ago, I had their, like, um, their non-conductive, screwdrivers but and they're really tiny and they're for like uh 
Oh, darn. Yeah, like electrical equipment, electrical panels, computer panels, stuff like that. Yep. Uh, they're very, they're longer than normal and really skinny. Hmm. And they all have the, uh, uh, really, uh, hollow ground ends like gunsmith tools. Yep. So they fit just right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love those really, but they're expensive. My God. Huh? And, uh, like I said, I saw this and little Weera toolkit it's about you know six inches by three or four inches you know by half an inch i'm like it's weird so it can't be all cheap and then uh got it man i think it impresses me the build quality to be so small Mm -hmm. totally eh? and i've just been trying i've been doing a lot of little uh house repairs and this that and the other and i've only used that and uh yeah just to see because I got the SAE and the metric one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I've not been left wanting. Yeah. No, that's crazy, isn't it? It is. And it's, like, it's so, the the way it's all kind of laid out, and I like the fact that, like, we're, uh, so everything's, like, all their sockets and wrenches are color-coded. So, example, say if the 13 millimeters got a pink band on it, then if you buy their wrench set, it'll have a pink marking on it. So just visually, you can just, and once, you know, once you work with tools for a while, you kind of get to know them. I just see that, I just see that stuff being so handy. And like, they pack a lot of punch. I, like, it doesn't even say on the box, I don't think, they don't call it like a, a 54 in one or anything like that. But man, there's a lot of different bits and options you can set yourself up with with that like literally you can put in the the back pocket of your jeans oh yeah oh man that thing is cool and the super fine tooth ratchet so it's what is it six degree throw between clicks so you're in a little tight spot oh it's so good like i brought that toolkit inside that night and when we were going to bed steph was reading a book and i literally was just playing with these tools i was putting different (laughs) sockets in so i think i was starting to drive steph nuts because click 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 click. i was like ooh, this is fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) put it beside my bed good night little buddy i'll see you in the morning (laughs) yeah no thank you so much i appreciate that todd oh it's my pleasure no that's that's so cool yeah we're not sponsored yeah that's right but if if you you, i was just gonna say not that we don't want it but (laughs) yeah so today uh, we're moving my parents into their place so that's exciting um so I probably can't, I don't have a lot of time this morning because we got to get going. But, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of a crappy thing is like last week was like warm, balmy, wonderful weather. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, like 24 degrees Celsius. And then today we're moving my parents and it's three degrees and raining right now. <laughs> it always, always works like that. I know. It's how it was when we were moving. It's like, oh. You're moving now. We're gonna rain. So we most of the time we were moving. It was raining, and it's like, come on, man. But yeah, we, I haven't uh, seen their place yet. But yeah, last last time something like that happened, it was the exact opposite. Gonna do something, but the day before that, it was, oh, the forecast shows X, but it turned out Y, and we're like, oh my god, it's gonna be raining tomorrow. Oh my lord, you know, let's just cancel. Then it was, you know, seventy five and nothing but sun. Really? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Jerks. 
Yeah. No, I've been trying to get out like any chance I can ride my motorbike. I'm like, done, take it, done. Because, boy, it's going to come to an end soon. Not, not to an end. I got to ride throughout every single month, and then I've ridden every month this year. Which will, uh, you know, say that to some people that aren't, that don't live here. Like, so, you ride your bike every month all year long. Big deal. But there's been a few rides I've had to do in minus temperatures just to get it in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a big deal up there, people. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're you're near Calgary, and you say, "Oh, I've rode every month of the year." Yeah, that's mm. a big deal. Yeah, lucky you don't have to stud your tires to do it. Yeah, I know. You know. And now that was on my bucket list for a long time. Uh, had, getting a ride on a like an ice road with studded yeah. tires. But yep. No. Hmm. Yeah, they're like you can get tours. Uh, I was reading a motorcycle magazine. Uh, they'll do like these, it's kind of like an adventure tour and you basically just go up there, you, uh, you know, they put you up in a nice hotel or whatever like that, or their lodge or whatever it is. And then you go touring out on lakes and ice roads, like up in Northern Alberta. And so you just go out for like three or four hours and they've got support vehicles in behind just in case anything happens, which is actually really reassuring when it's like minus 30 out. But yeah, they, they, you just rent one of the, they got the bikes for you. They got all the equipment and People say it's actually really interesting because, like, they'll do that. Sometimes they'll do rivers, like, just ride up these rivers and stuff like that when it's safe to do so. And it's interesting because there's places you can get when everything's frozen that you just can't get when it's not, you know. And to be able to see that on a motorbike would be a blast, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah and no. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. But then you, you know... You're in the middle of it. You're two weeks in, sleeting for two days, and you got a hole in your tent. And you're like, <laughs> why didn't I do this in a Land Rover? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a podcast I listen to called uh, Adventure Rider Radio. And since was it 2014, they've been doing it. So they're obviously a fairly early adopter to the old podcast thing, but... Man, every week, I think it's every Thursday as a new show and just talks to different people, some some in the industry, but mostly different people that are on adventures. And it is so cool. Like like the things some of these people do, like round the world trips and now they're talking to this one guy, he's a private yacht captain. And he's been captain of this boat for ten years. It's a hundred and sixty foot yacht, which isn't big by today's standards, but um, he's really good friends with the owner and the owner lets him bring motorbikes. And so he's like, sometimes we'll be like, oh yeah, they'll go to certain Island in the Bahamas for like a month. And he's like, so I just unload my bike and ride around. He's obviously I have to be at the boat every couple days, but, or he's been like six months in Costa Rica and I, man, he can do like up to, up to a week away from the boat when they're there sometimes. But it's, it's an interesting podcast and listening to all these people that, that do these big adventures. I'm like, man, that sounds fun. Maybe once you know, the kids move though, out. Um, we don't hear a whole lot about it. Because um, the news is so busy, they can't keep up with their own trash in this country right now. Yeah. But we don't hear a lot about it. But, man, traveling right now is kind of dangerous. Really? Yeah. I, I I've always... I've had this weird habit 
every now and then to just go out and look at the either State Department or CIA travel advisories. Yeah. You know, they're open to the public and you just read them. But they put a lot of information in them that you wouldn't think they would. Yeah. And, oh, my Lord. Like, I didn't know that there was a... Your regular old German terrorist organizations were up and running again. Really? I guess they got out of their COVID restrictions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm not joking about that, but... um, That's crazy. Sadly. um, Oh, no, we can't go out and terrorize. We might get COVID. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll take mm. your terrorist union card if you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're out and about again. I didn't know. Uh-huh. And I know somebody that because you know we were getting our passports to go visit a friend of ours in Germany, and uh, they didn't even know. Really. And they live there. I'm like, oh mm. wow. That's crazy. But you know Germany's here in the last ten. Well, since Merkel, they haven't really publicized certain things within their own country. Hmm. Oh, no, we have to keep our garbage hidden from our own people. What? No. Hmm. That's dangerous. Yeah. But anyway. Huh. Because I've always, I've wanted to take Danette to a couple of places in Europe, specific places that I had been and uh, share those with her and then maybe go to Australia and experience that for the first time together. And yeah, I don't know. Obviously we yeah. want to go to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what? just give it a, well, not in the winter time, but, but in summer, this summer, man, we'll have a place you guys can stay, you know? Oh yeah. That'd be great. Um, yeah, no, that'd be cool. And we like to do a little bit of traveling. I think we haven't gone any well. Yeah, since before the pandemic. We uh we got back from Turks and Caicos and three days after that they shut down the border. <laughs> but, yeah, there was some uh random a lot of random uh stuff in uh Turks and Caicos recently. What do you what do you mean random stuff? Like shootings. Really? And uh the uh, an uh, an NAACP representative from the Washington D.C. area was killed in one of those like random shootings. Really? Yeah, they don't know if he was targeted or just uh, innocent bystander. Yeah. But because there's been so many, they oh wow, no, they don't know. That's crazy. I'm like, well, I would you know if it was um, what is it Curacao, I would expect it. Mm-hmm. Sort of, because that, you know, one way, either it was the drug interdiction people that were based there or the drug guys that were based there, uh, yeah. depending on what part of history you went there in. Hmm. Yeah, because like uh, Turks and Caicos, we found it to be like super for, like safe. And you men, when you drive around there, like we went from the airport to our resort, it seems like every block has its own church. Of like something United Church, something Methodist Church, something Baptist Church, and um, well, you even know, Mississippi's like, at, like that too. But come on, yeah, that's right. Even like at a resort, they're like, you know what? It's if you guys want to feel free to to leave the resort and wander around, like it is one of the safest islands uh, in the Caribbean. Like you know, like I know Jamaica, you really stay on your resort. You you just don't wander around. Um, but yeah, 
It's Wait a second. Let me. I'm gonna double check myself here. Yeah, it was um, Turks and Caicos. Huh. I thought it was. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean everything changes. Everything can change, right? Yeah. Um, and you yes. know who knows if the people that do the shooting are from there. They you know yeah. might be near the wells from somewhere else. Yeah, you'll which never is get away. Generally, the case. Yeah, for Pete's sakes, like we had a shooting here. <laughs> In Langdon, 10, 10 minutes from my house, gangbangers. You know, it's like you never get away from that stuff, man. The evil heart of man. <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had company this week. And uh, speaking of terrorists, uh, they brought four dogs <laughs> with them. Oh, wow. Uh, that's, that's a lot of dogs. That's a, that's a joke, by the way. They, they're not terrorists. Well, one of them is. Uh, they got two black labs that are about 140 pounds each. Yeah. Just big barrels on legs. Um, wow. And uh, then they have two uh, teddy bear dogs, which are uh, Pekingese and Bichon mix. Yeah. And a big boutique dog right now. And one of them is Chewbacca and the other is Stella. And we had met Chewbacca when he was a puppy. We went up to Illinois last year, but the uh, he's a weirdo. Hmm. Uh, Vinny didn't have a really good four days. No, a bad night, eh? No, he got on the couch next to me, and that's pretty much where he stayed. Huh. Um, Poor old to play, Vinny. But he's just that leg and, and his age is just a little too much. Yeah. And the two labs are older as well, and they love to play, but they're 140 pounds. They could, wow. you know, kill him and not know. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's crazy. And then Stella wanted to meet him, but every time Stella would go near him, Chewbacca would be all jealous. Like, no, you're my woman. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah but, we did that. <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we did, like, I had to do an interview of a, a candidate this week. And I always thought Great Pyrenees are, I thought it was, like, only the big white dogs. But apparently, there's, like, a, there's different, like, they're more like the Latin terms of a Pyrenees. And we get there, and they've got one, the white ones, like, what I look at as a Great Pyrenees. And then this other dog that was bigger than it. And apparently, it's another form of Pyrenees. It's got a different name. Uh, but... Man, so I like so he had his dog in at the vet for a checkup, and it was like 107 pounds. <laughs> and this dog, and its hair, it's probably got like four inch long hair. And this dog comes up to you, and it looks like a bear standing beside your vehicle. <laughs> and so we're there's three of us in this car, and we're like, oh. And they're all like three dogs, and then one was a black lab. The smallest dog was a black lab, and he's pretty big for black lab. And so we called them. We're like, uh, the dog's friendly. He's like, oh yeah, sorry, I got, I could have put them inside, but but yeah, no. And get them just the nicest dogs ever. But like this dog was, its head was probably about my like belly button height. I'm like, that's a big dog, man. Like, looked like it was four feet long. It looks like I could almost ride the thing. And I thought, but it's funny because um, he has a, an electric gate on his driveway. And he says, when the gates open, anyone can come in and they don't care at all. Like, they're friendly. But when that gate closes, if somebody pulls in to check something or get out, he says, they're there. He says, I don't think, he said, if you climbed over that gate, they wouldn't be quite so friendly with you. It's kind of interesting, though. 
But. Yeah, I mean, it, dogs can reason a lot more than most people give them credit for. You know, that the gate's open, okay. Gate's mm-hmm. closed, not so okay. Yep. Totally. Ah, uh, man, the gate's open, Bob. All we can do is lick them. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And then when the gate's closed, they just lay there. He's slowing down. He's on. Yeah. Maybe he'll stop. Maybe he'll stop. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hunker down. Look smaller. Yeah, that's right. That's funny. Also, uh, speak a little critters. Was it two days ago? There's nine deer behind the barn. And so that mm. finally prompted prompted me to actually go out and buy my license they're still all does so like does with some little babies so i'm waiting for the bucks to come in here soon but um uh, i've been practicing i've been slinging some arrows but i just hadn't gone and every every year i have to buy my wildlife certificate and then you have to buy your bow hunting permit and then i just get a general mule deer tag so i'm ready to go so now Brown i'm actually looking down that's right <laughs> i'm actually looking out in earnest now but uh yeah, you know, like I've got my my bow sighted to 20, 30 and 40 yards, which is not a great distance. And um I could maybe start maybe think about like reaching out. To, I'd have to shoot at a greater distance, but I always I always thought like I got a little range finder. I'm like, "Oh yeah, if they're behind the barn, I'll just go out the shop door and shoot them." But uh from the front of the barn to the shop door is 50 yards. I'm like, "Oh, wow." <laughs> it's, I've, I That's I don't a shoot good distance. It is, yeah. And the the thing with arrows, too, is that even if you can hit them, like even if you can hit the target, they lose so much of their energy as they fly through the air. So it's like, you know, you, you know, it's the same thing with, with guns, right? You got a big, huge, heavy bullet, you know, it's got some knockdown power. You just shoot a twenty two once it gets way out there. I mean, it just doesn't have the, the impact, you know, and arrows, like, they slow down so much. So it's, man... It's an ethical thing, I think. So, yeah, I could hit something out there, but I want to make sure this arrow's going to go, like, through that thing. It's going to, you know, cut up the heart, cut up the lungs. I don't know. Well, a lot of folks are, as they get, you know, past their 20s and 30s, up to about 35, they start, uh, I mean, especially now. I know a buddy of mine, he went from bow to crossbow. Mm-hmm. Especially the ones they have now, yeah. Or at least in the last ten, fifteen years, yeah. Because crossbows used to be a joke, kinda. Yeah, kinda. You know, I'm not saying they were ever not dangerous, but for yeah. like hunting, because now they have ones that are engineered and built for grizzly hunting. Oh yeah. So, uh, but the- he's been uh, crossbow hunting during bow season, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, it's a whole new world you don't have to work you know you can um out distance what i you know you can shoot and hmm. with a regular bow and yeah you know it just and it's easier on his shoulder after hurting it so many times yeah see here we have different regulations like i th- i think i'm not allowed to hunt with a crossbow i have to be in a wheelchair and i'm, I'm pretty sure unless that's changed but did I ever tell you about the time when I when I got a crossbow? I don't think so. Okay. Did I ever tell you about the time when I got a hovercraft? 
No. Okay, because they're related. <laughs> so, anyways, this one guy I worked with, he was an engineer, and this was at San Joe, and he would always, he was in the office doing the changes, and then I would go and physically do the changes to this prototype thing we are building. So, we worked together very closely, uh, got to be pretty good friends, and there's a guy, like, in central Alberta who had built 10 hovercrafts, like, just personal size. So, he actually made a form, poured fiberglass, and it was about the size of my Honda Civic, and then, you know, he had skirting on it. He had one motor to fill up the, the cushion, the air cushion, and then one motor with a propeller to, to steer it, which was kind of nice because then you could be stopped and not go down. Anyways, he ended up buying this hovercraft, had it for like three years, never used it, and had to get rid of it. He was moving and offered it if I wanted to buy it. And at the time, I was like, not broke, but I didn't have any spare money. You know, like the kids are in hockey and dance and he's like, hey, you want to buy my hovercraft? I'm like, oh, yes, but I can't. And he's like, 200 bucks it's yours. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, honestly, I want to do it, but I can't, <laughs> like my wife would get mad and it's not like something, it's like, no, I just, I really can't do it, sorry. And then he came about three months, like three weeks later, he's like, if it's free, would you take it? I'm like, well, yeah, I'd take it if it's free, but you should sell it. He goes, well, I have to be out tomorrow. So if you can come pick it up today, it's yours. So I went after work, picked it up and uh, drove it around. I hit our minivan with it because <laughs> there's obviously no brakes. And I kind of didn't think about that. I brought it up to my parents here and just ripping around on it. And then after I hit the minivan, I thought this isn't the greatest vehicle. And I had it for about a year. And then I thought, I want to just see what I could get for this. So I put it on facebook like as for trade and what do you have what's interesting and so a guy uh offered me a crossbow and i'm like yes i will take that in a trade and uh man that thing was intense it was maybe like a five-year-old model so it wasn't like brand brand new but it wasn't old and it was a compound and it was a kind where you had like the little thing to put your foot in at the end and use both hands and as hard as you can you just yank that thing up and it had a scope that was specific for crossbows and it had the yardage on it and stuff, a little rangefinder built in. And dude, oh, you stick a bolt in there. <laughs> it is absolutely terrifying to fire one of those. Like it, it seems like it was 10 times more lethal than my bow was. And I don't know. I never actually shot it outside. It was just in my basement in Strathmore. And then I got bored of it and I, I looked up the regs and I, I found out that I was actually not allowed to hunt with it. And so then I sold it for a couple hundred bucks. But man, yeah, modern crossbows are no joke. And I always thought, you know what? You don't need a, any special license for them. So if you want something for like home defense, I mean, you're not going to be able to get a lot of shots off. But if you can hit the guy with the first one, you're going to stop him. <laughs> and you're going to scare who's ever with them. Man, they're crazy. Have you ever fired one? Yeah. Aren't they nuts? Oh, yeah. And I always wonder, too, you ever see, like, uh, like in fictional movies, they had, like, pistol crossbows when you were a kid? Yeah, that's the one I had. And the, is that cool? I mean, not those back then. You okay. Know, back then, they were more not so good. Yeah. And Because it was never uh, consistent. Yeah, yeah. On power... Uh, going in the same direction. Yeah. Nothing. And then <laughs> yeah. I shot recently in the last two years, uh, one that was made for bear hunting. And uh, yeah, way huh. different. Yeah. 
That's cool. And I'm thinking about getting one, but just thinking. Yeah. They are a lot of fun. They're just. And you don't have to worry about, you know, either worrying about ear protection, not ear protection, taking a shot, Mm -hmm. damaging your, you know, the, but what I don't like about it is I, I, I don't know why I don't mind being in a tree. I hate tree stands. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my buddy put one up in uh, the area where moose hunting and, uh, it was crown land and it was on lease to a farmer. So he had cows in it, but you know, he put it up there, he got his moose and then he said, I'll leave it up for the rest of the season if you want to use it. And so I went and sat in that thing a couple nights a week, but it was a nice one. Like it had a nice seat. It had decent sized platform built in bow hanger. And so it was actually kind of nice. And I'd go up there first thing in the mornings, like on Saturdays and I had a little cup holder. So I had to like have my coffee and, you know, sit there. It wasn't that bad, but. I've seen some of them that look pretty janky and like, Ugh. but it is boring just sitting up there. I'm, I mean, I could sit there all day. That That's not what bothers me. It's just, I don't know. I like the ones that aren't connected to a tree. They're yeah. like a little tower you put there and yeah, walk up like, and there's a room. Yeah. A little lifeguard station looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those ones I like, but hmm. I mean, maybe I'll get one of those ones to, Market uh, starts hurting other people, and they have to sell theirs off for bread money. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I always, uh, you know, my ideal thing is a, a ground blind. I just thought those are just fantastic. You know, I've hunted bird out of one of those. Yeah. Um, never was successful at bird hunting, but um, I don't chalk it up to me because I was with somebody else and they're blind. On, you know where they hunted and i was always trying to be nice yep you know and <clears throat> i don't think the guy i went hunting with was very good so hmm. Hmm. yeah we built uh one time at my in-laws on the other side of our lake so and there's so i don't know it's probably we we're probably like i would say 800 yards from a highway and um we took a bunch of old pallets on the back of my truck and a couple piece of junky wood and we built this walk-in blind and then we took grass and so we wrapped the whole thing with chicken wire and then took grass and put it in and it was right at the base of a really steep hill and man like i took photos of this thing and from like 50 feet away it wasn't obvious like yeah i would look at it and see it but i mean man it was phenomenal and, and being the grass was all dead and it was the same color grass it was the coolest looking blind i've got pictures of it and so we'd go in there hunting. We'd go there one time, and and the game warden drives by, stops, drives by again, stops, drives by again, then pulls over in the shoulder. And I get my binoculars. I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I don't know how he saw that blind, <laughs> but it obviously wasn't that <laughs> discreet. Because I'm telling you, man, it looked phenomenal. But literally from on a highway, at least 800 yards away, at least, because I used to shoot my SKS with tracers, and I had to angle the thing up up skyward a little bit to be able to get it across this lake. And this guy's got his big spotting scope on his window. I'm like, wow, he actually sees us from over there. That's crazy. Well, you know, you get probably training and experience. Yeah, yeah. And he's Definitely. if he's a hunter, <clears throat> and he does that, 
He probably yeah. has an idea of where to put them. So I, now I know where to look. Kind yeah, of that's true. That's true. Right. Yep. Or it just sucked and you didn't think so. I should send you a picture of it, let you see for yourself. But now I just uh, realized as we're talking, I have an enormous hunting blind called a workshop because the one side of it that overlooks the field, I don't know, it's about two and a half stories up where the ground floor window is. Huh. So I can just sit in a nice shop and open the window. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, no kidding. I got to pretend the deer is Kennedy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, that was horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it's hard this time of year because I see all these does. And so I've got a general and I'm allowed to take a doe or a buck. And a couple of big does around here, like some big ones. Like, I'm like, man, that, that puts some meat in the freezer right there. But then I'm always have to like I want a buck. Like ultimately, if I'm gonna take an animal, I'd, I'd rather have a buck. But you know, usually it's a little later on. Like I don't think we've really fully gotten into the rut yet, and so they'll start showing up. And every time I'm like, maybe you should just go take a doe. Like next day or two, I look at the pictures I I took from any deer I've gotten, and it's all like November 26th. I'm like, okay, just have some patience, just settle down. So. It's hard, though. You see, like, five deer that you could just literally just take any one of them right now. And it's like, no, just, just wait, just wait, just wait. And don't want to wait too long and have nothing, but hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, the guy that came and did our septic tank, he was telling me he swears by uh, for putting meat in the fridge and for, if you want a buck, <clears throat> a yearling. Hmm. I'm like, okay. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I've had older, you know, does, this and the other, but around here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, get a nice plump doe or a yearling buck. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yep. I got a nice plump doe, but I'm not shooting her. Yeah. She's like family. Huh? Yeah. I watched her be born and I watched her kid be born. Really? Yeah. The little ornamental cherry tree between the house and the barn. Uh, every year around May, you know, early and late May, just depending, and they, it's like a family place to have their babies. Oh wow, that's cool. I filmed two of them, but you know, hmm. And she'll, and they linger longer than you would think they would or should, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. safe. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna let them because when the baby's born. You know, she takes her time, about an hour, hour and a half. Um, huh. And then she really starts getting skittish, trying to get the yeah. baby to leave. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, the mom now, when she was born, her mom was like behind her, hitting her in the butt with her head. Move. Huh. <laughs> we got to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's Check crazy. out time. Yeah. <laughs> Dining Skipping day. out on this hospital bill, honey. That's right. Yeah. That's cool. That'd be neat to see. Yeah, you know, I never thought I'd see it, but we I went to the window one uh morning and I'm like, Holy crap, Danette, come here. She's like, What? I said, She's having a baby. Hmm. No way. Yeah. That is cool. Hmm. Right on. Um oh, so shifting gears here, I uh 
I so you know that knife work rest that grinding jig that you've I've sent you pictures of. Yeah. I finally made my second version of it yesterday. Oh my goodness, is it unbelievable? Like it's absolute an an absolute game changer. Like I, I can saw go the little grind picture you were teasing. Yeah. And like you can go from one side of, to the other, just like and it's it's funny because I, I put a little reel on Instagram and uh, just I said, you know, I'm trying out this new new idea for a work rest. And I said, I haven't seen anything like it yet. But I said, I think, you know, I want to try it a few more times before I share exactly what it is. But I think it's going to work well. And I had I've had a lot of comments being like, oh, yeah, that's like this one. And I'm like, no, it's not stupid. <laughs> like people are like, oh, yeah, I've seen one just like that. It's made by this guy. I was like, I literally didn't show you the whole thing. Like, you can see a little bit of the grind. And then I put my hand in front of the camera right when I lift it up to it. Yeah. And, then, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's just like the, the which one is it uh, that Brian House sells? Um, oh, I forget what they call it. But anyways, and it's like, no, dude, you literally didn't see what I have here. But yet you're like, oh, that's, we've been using those for years. I'm like, oh, you have. Oh, okay, cool. You didn't see what what is oh I just can't believe how dumb people are and like ugh, I, it's just like wow. <laughs> I thought that stuff was only on YouTube. I thought I thought idiots only comment on YouTube, but apparently they've busted into Instagram too. Oh no, they've been there a long. <laughs> it's like I, they can't see what I have. They they see the general vague concept of it. Oh yeah, it's just like this, <laughs> and so I just like. Well, can you change the belt without taking off the work rest? No, then it's probably different, isn't it? Oh my goodness! But yeah, that's it's cool, man. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I think I might make a couple of these. I'm gonna see what it would cost to get these CNC'd up, and I could either talk to a machine shop or I don't know if I could find somebody that's got like a wood, uh, like a CNC router, because you can do that. You can do aluminum in a wood machine if they're yeah. willing to do so, but um. It would take notice because I'm doing this with my milling machine. I'm machining these angles in and stuff. And it's, man, it took me, I'm not even joking. There's about 45 minutes to cut in this channel. And I'm like, this is not good. Like this is taking too long and it's hard on my, my little milling machine. But if I could crank those suckers out, like the simplest thing you could have, right? <laughs> like you sell it everybody you just drill your drill and tap your own holes bolt it on two two tap, tapped holes you have to do yourself and boom you got this thing done and i love the fact that you can start with a 36 grit and then put on an a grit and then put on a 120 grit and a 220 grit and your angle is exactly the same the entire time you know all of the other ones you have to move the work rest out of the way to change the belt and it's to get it to the exact same angle. It's not impossible, but it's very difficult, and it's so time consuming. It those other ones seem to work well if you're gonna okay. I'm gonna make ten of these knives, so let's do the thirty six grit grind, roughen the bevels on all of them. Okay, now we'll take the work rest off, sw switch belts, spend the time getting exactly where it was before. Now we're at the next grit, you know. But man, this would work for one offs, and and I've come up with a system I think where you can incrementally adjust the angle. So if I, you know, I want five degrees, five degrees, if I want eight, eight, and man, I'm, I'd be excited to have something like that to offer. It'll be copied instantly, I'm sure, but, and then, you know what, that's funny, because everybody talks about the knife making community, so sharing and so giving and all this stuff, and it's, 
<laughs> part of me is kind of like so well, venomous and so stealing. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, so I had a viewer of mine say, you should do a build along on YouTube. I'm like, cool. That's a great idea. So I, I, I did one and I gave the credit to them. And then Knife Talk, a couple of years later, does a build along. And it's like they, they got the idea from my channel. Not a mention of, of my channel or anything, right? And I just, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. There's a certain point where it's like, you know, like so many people now will like comment on my video of a signing block. And the idea I got from Aaron Goff, right? And I have his blessing. And if you go on my website, it says this idea was from Aaron Goff. And it's a link to his website. Because um, people were asking him, will you make that signing block? He's like, no, I'm not going to be bothered with this. And so they asked me, and so when I asked him, he's like, yeah, go ahead. But, um, you know, people will comment on the video where I showed making that sanding block, and it's like their Etsy page where they 3D print them, which is great. But it's like, man, there's no respect, right? Like, if you share something that's a brilliant idea, it is going to get jacked. And then I'm also kind of like, you know what? what? What's wrong with having this for me? You know, <laughs> like, why do I have to solve other people's problems? This is something that I've been obsessing over for over three years, I've been staring at this and staring at all the different work rests and being like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And it's just nothing, nothing, nothing. And then the, the most simple idea hits you. And it's like, are you kidding me? You know, but. Yeah, there are too many people out there that steal. There are too many yeah. people that like your sanding block. It's mm -hmm. made out of aluminum. It stands up a little bit more. Then people will steal the idea, then 3D print it. You know, plastic, come on. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't... Even if you 3D print metal, one, it'd be financially inconceivable, but still. Yeah. And then they'll... Or they'll find an easier, more... Uh, it's a faster process. Mm -hmm. So they're compromising on their knife quality. Mm -hmm. or design quality instead mm -hmm. of I'm going to stick to, you know, I want a quality knife that I can design the way I want. And I'm going to uh, change my tooling to match that instead of the other way around. Yeah. And like, even with the sanding block, like I don't care if other people make it right. Like uh, it doesn't bother me one single bit. But don't try and advertise your product on my video when I sell that product as well. Like I, I have this platform, you know, I've built a, an audience. I get this many views on a channel. And if I'm going to use that to show something that I make and sell, who, like, how dare you? How dare you? Yeah. Try and sell your crap on my comment section. You know, that's the part that's like, pfft. and yeah, it's just going to be stolen and jacked and I don't know. Part of me is kind of like, well, you know, I could share this and everybody will be like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but then I'm also like, well, you know what? I could just make knives 10 times faster than I did before, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, well, before that video is cold, there'll be a uh, MDF version on wish.com. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So I'm going to show this thing like in, in different videos, but only close-ups of it. So they'll see me using it, but the details of how, and it's so funny because 
the like what I showed on on Instagram looks just like the true tilt table. I'm like, it's nothing like that. <laughs> well, it is somewhat similar, but it is so much better. It's also much safer because the true tilt. The, the thing with that idea is that you can jank your hand, but the belt will pull it into the piece of metal that's like an eighth of an inch away from the belt. So if you're not careful on one of those, man, you are literally just going to chunk off a quarter inch. It's like a, it becomes a meat slicer at that point, you know, and, and this has not that problem. So. Yeah, I just wonder how many people out there that aren't as mechanically inclined as they could be or should be in order to get into knife making mm-hmm. and have sanded to the bone <laughs> in an instant, you know, on a 36 grit ceramic belt. Just goofing around to get their finger caught between yeah. the work rest and the belt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true, right? Ah! <laughs> Mom! <laughs> wow, that was fast. <laughs> Didn't expect it to be that fast. Because, <laughs> you know, like you, you, you and I, practical people that have, especially like, I feel there's so much lost with this. We talked about before the silly maker movement, and everybody's a maker. You lose the old school traditions, like like the the tricks of the trade, the knowledge that takes years to pass down from one craftsman to another. You know, like the the on a bench grinder, your distance from your work rest, your tool rest to the grinding wheel. You know, I've I've gone to people's garages, and it's like three quarters of an inch away. It's like, man, that is so dangerous. You know, that needs to be an eighth of an inch or a sixteenth away. Like that's something you're constantly adjusting as your wheel wears out. You move your work rest in, but like you say, people that are just like watch YouTube feel, I'm a maker now. And they go buy these tools. It's like, wow. Or they set it up. They're not thinking, right? And I've yeah. seen this and I've stopped it ahead of time, but um, guys setting up his work, especially a sander or some, or a similar tool. And it say it's got a 800 grit belt on it. And they set the spacing based on that. Then they turn around and put on a 36 grit ceramic. Yeah. You might not want to put that work rest back. Yeah. The way you had it. Just saying. Why? No You'll kidding. lose some of that. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to sand your work rest. Yeah. Like with the with woodworking, I can literally, you know, use the tool or whatever and shape my. Let's say I was using a for woodworking, and I had a nice wooden tool or, or work rest. Right, yeah. I could just use the work rest and push it into the belt, and now I have no space, which is better for woodworking. That way, there's no tear out. Yeah, but you can't do that really with woodwork. I mean, metalworking. No, you need yeah. a space for those chips to go, mm-hmm. or yeah. or else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've never done it, but I've always wanted to do it. You see guys that will do those zero clearance inserts on their chop saws. Have you ever made one of those? We cut a piece of thin wood and yeah. drill the holes. Yeah, I've never done with those, but I thought, man, that, that looks like a cool, cool idea. I got a lot of, uh, like, things that I've made over the years with woodworking to help woodworking. You know, yeah, be better. Yeah. Like my router table, I made it complete, mm. and then I had to take it apart. And I'm just using part of it for something else. But yeah, I've made all kinds of stuff just 
to make woodworking easier. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I can do it for metalworking too. It's just I haven't gotten heavy into that yet. Yeah, it's funny because they're a very similar approach, but they are a little different. Um, oh yeah, I th- I think in my opinion, metalworking is way more forgiving. Well, I, yeah, like because I can add metal back. Yeah. Exactly. I, you know, I can, you know, if I, if I drill a hole in the wrong spot, I could fill that hole up. If I cut it too short, I could, you know, weld a piece on. Um, and, you know, I always think about woodworking. If I split a board when I'm hammering a nail or putting a screw in from the end, yeah, you could put a little wood glue in there and you might be able to recover. But man, it is not like metal. Metal is so forgiving, you know? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I, I've heard um people on in today's maker world say oh metalworking is so much more difficult in a way but in a way not mm-hmm. you know that's why i don't think i you see as many uh upper tier woodworking craftsmen sharing their work on youtube and stuff like that because it's yeah so difficult to do and it's not like they're hiding anything it's just it takes so long anyway it's so hard yeah. to make money at it. You know, filming just adds a layer of time. Yeah. And, and even you have to be at a certain level already to understand, okay, what, what you're about to see, right? It's like, it, it's funny because especially you get up to the high level woodworking, the, the way I see it, the way I kind of, it, it seems that it's just layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of knowledge. Okay, you know how to do this process? Okay, we're going to do this process, but it's a little different. And once you got that down, now you can take that process you've done and we're going to do this to it. And, you know, and it's like everything is just different. And the, the interesting thing about metal too, I think most people that get into metalworking and they've never done it before, they maybe they be, are good at woodworking. The first thing I think that's a surprise is the heat. Excuse me, I just had to sneeze. But... um. You know, you go lay down a real nice weld and all of a sudden the part you welded is like pulled <laughs> towards the weld. And yeah. that's something you have to always think about once you get used to how much it's going to move and this and that. And Or if you got, a, you know, you're welding something on a piece of bar and like I did a hammer holder for my forge. And so I literally just took a bunch of steel pipes and welded it to a flat bar. And by the time I was done welding them all on, I mean, it... <laughs> it looked like half of a wagon wheel, you know, and you got to bend it out. And it's, that's the one big thing. I think a lot of people are like, well, wait a minute. I I just welded a square frame up. Why is it so far out of square right now? You know, heat. Yeah. It's, um, I was watching a guy, uh, and I think on purpose he did it this way. I don't know if it was for trolls to cause trolls or, he was messing around. I don't know why he did, what his motivation was, but it was funny to me, but he was talking about that issue and he had, uh, a very large, like 10 by 10 square tubing, like almost, uh, half inch wall thickness. It was left over from another thing. He was making a welding table with it. He had one inch plate and uh, he was about to weld the legs to um, the runners, right? Mm -hmm. And 
he went to weld and he was telling you why he was going to do what he was going to do to keep the leg from twisting under the heat of the weld. Because mm-hmm. if you just start in one corner and run it this way on something this heavy, you might not have a problem, right? Yeah. But I'll show you if, like, you know, this was 16th wall fitness or something like that. Yeah. And then he cut his, the voiceover right when he was going to tell you why or how. <laughs> and you just see him welding. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm like, so funny. That's funny. And uh, and he has, that video on his probably has the most comments I've ever seen. Huh. And they're all like angry faces. <laughs> you jerk. Yeah. How <laughs> dare you not give us your secrets? <laughs> I'm entitled to it as a YouTube viewer. You owe me. Yeah. I paid nothing to watch this. You owe me. <laughs> That's right. What? That's right. And then... Um, but at some other point he was like, oh yeah, this video is going to be done with, uh, you know, no voiceover, no narration whatsoever. Um, some of it's going to be in time-lapse, some of it's not, you know, it's cause it's an extra long video. Just didn't feel like this was the right place to do that. However, if you go over on Patreon, you can find the voiceover. Mm, he yeah. has no Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's a good one. Actually. <laughs> like, man, I can't find your Patreon. Oh, just keep looking. Just keep looking. <laughs> yeah. It's there. Just trust me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, you know, there's an opportunity, Todd. You should go set up a Patreon with his name. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah. see if people Clocking sign up and give, give give you money for something that isn't there. That's funny. Oh yeah. I tell you though, the that community, you know, you talk about makers, and then I could talk about the gun community on YouTube or the makeup community. Whoever, man, they just love to try to stab each other as hard as they can. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, huh. well, you know, and I don't know, YouTube, you know, will say, yeah, we preach collaboration and kumbaya. No, you don't. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Because, well, I don't know. I don't know what they, I've seen them talk about, you know, Hey, why don't you collaborate with this guy? Because it would help both channels, you know. And they just do these random, yeah, collaboration suggestions. Yeah. Um, and I, then I've seen these groups that you can get into to help your channel, and they talk about you know collaborating within their group, and then marketing firms that do it and things like yeah. that. But in the end, these channels are competing for the same dollar. Yeah. And if that's yeah. your business. And you're not just yeah. using YouTube as a platform to promote your actual business. But if YouTube is your business, you know, no. You're going to be no, no. You know, finding a way to, I don't know. Yeah, like <clears throat> there's a certain sense where I kind of see it. But, and like, so I did a, well, the only collaboration I've really done was with Off Grid with Doug and Stacy, And that was coordinated by our, 
our multi-channel network, those dirty, rotten thieves. And at the time, I didn't know if I was going to do more like homestead content or not. And I still, I was doing like just a mishmash of stuff. And the, the way they pitched it to us was like, you know what? You've got viewers and they've got viewers. And if you do a video on them and they do a video on you, you're going to introduce audiences. And it did help. Like I did see a significant increase in subscribers. And so did he. Because it's like, oh, cool, cross-platform, you know? And, and but and I think, so that I think is, yeah. But some of these guys that do these constant, like, oh, we're doing a collab, we're doing this collab. And then sometimes you watch collaborations. It's like, this doesn't make sense. Like right now, if they're to say, oh, do a collaboration with Off-Grid with Doug and Stacey, it wouldn't make sense because our channels have gotten so different, right? Well, there's this, he, he's done good. Like I'm surprised they've got a lot of subscribers. Um, I don't watch many of their videos because I've just... I'm not interested in that subject matter anymore, you know, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, the yeah. homesteading videos got kind of weird in the last two years. Can't imagine yeah. why, but they did two and a half years, something like that. But we were right. See, we're preppers. We're right. We told you so. <laughs> you thought we were crazy. Now you're fighting for toilet paper. They had their big victory moment, you know. Yeah, I mean, but did they? Well, I don't know. Maybe they did. I don't know. Yeah, it was about two weeks long. <laughs> and then all the preppers were like, see, we told you so, we told you so. And I, man, it's, I'm, I agree in, in being prepared for things, but, you know, when you actually look at the prepper community, I'm like, man, dude, come on. You, you uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if there's an EMP and you're the only person left on earth, I, I don't know. Go ahead. Prepare for that life. Because, you know, just having stuff is going to make you able to cope in that situation. Never mind what it would be like to be, you know, I mean, just some of the ideas and the places those people go is just, in my opinion. But Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then the, some of them talk about prepping for specific events that may or may yeah. not ever happen probably won't yeah you and they know nothing at least in my humble opinion the way they're prepping would tend to indicate they don't know anything about i don't know like surviving a nuclear war yeah um no you're not going to live you can't just bury a uh a shipping container under a foot of dirt and think you're going to survive nuclear fallout i know uh, no Stop we got it. this kids that <laughs> that may not even survive a cat five hurricane I don't know. yeah but it's so funny uh, i've never seen a nuclear bunker i mean that did, did, they don't look like that yeah huh. you know the smart people are the one if you want to prep for something like that the smarter people if you're not a billionaire to make your own bunker bought the those uh, abandoned nuclear or missile silos. Missiles. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's just not a hole in the ground. Yeah. I mean, it is, but it's not not a tube in the ground. Yeah. But More to it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, because the missile sitting in it isn't necessarily the only thing there. You know, there were uh, coolant systems, fuel systems mm. that all went in another uh, horizontal direction, and they're huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. 
anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Prepping. It's a yeah. good thing to do, but it's bad to overdo. Yes. I always like the term practical prepping because it's like, yeah, I'm, I've got jumper cables in each one of my vehicles. You know, I've got a tow strap in each one of my vehicles because I live in a place where the roads can be terrible and there's a chance you might hit the ditch. There's also a really good chance somebody's going to drive by in a pickup truck and they're not going to have a tow thing. So if you have a tow rope, you just you just rescued yourself with the help of, you know, every other vehicle that drives by. And um, and, and even some things like, I mean, <clears throat> even before. Prepping channel said it right when he said, you know, it's prepping all over the social media, all over the bookshelves. You know what it used to be called? Life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you learn how to can, you learn how to garden, uh, either raise or slaughter or butcher certain animals. There was life. Mm-hmm. That's and what everybody had food. Be, you know? Yeah. Like like canning, like, like you say, and, and people had like a pantry where you kept a bunch of canned goods. And now it's like there's a you know convenience store and a grocery store, like so many of them, like every community has like their own grocery store and like I'm talking like small city block communities and it's like, oh, I'm going to go to this other grocery store. It's two minutes down the road. And it's like, you know, it's funny because um, my wife's grandparents used to live out on the farm and, you know, they came into town once or twice a week. And when they moved into town, and I don't know why, and I never really talked to her. She's passed away, but um, she would go and buy the groceries for that meal that day. But she she was on the same block as the co-op. And it was about five houses and then the parking lot of the grocery store. And every single day, she would just walk to co-op, buy the groceries, and then walk back. And I guess maybe it's just like kind of a fun thing to do. You know, you, you meet some people and you get outside and kind of give you something to do for the day. But yeah, we, we thought that was weird. Like she'd decide, oh, what we're going to have for supper tonight. And then she'd go pick the groceries up for it. It's just interesting. But. That's how they shopped in England if they lived in, in the village. Yeah, yeah. You get everything fresh that way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, for a lot of stuff, it makes sense, I guess. But well, I gotta get ready to go here soon. But I, I'm gonna give you a, a recommendation. I found a new to me YouTube channel. I think they got like 1.4, 1.8 million subscribers. But um, it's kind of funny. They put a lot of work in the videos. It's called Bikes and Beards. Have you ever heard of it? No. So it's a motorcycle channel. And uh, I think they're Christians because, like, in their videos, they'll insert, like, a little square thing with a Bible verse. And uh, I probably I remember watching one of their videos probably, like, a year ago. And I was like, oh, that, that's kind of okay. And then somehow it came recommended to me again. And I'm like, it's actually kind of interesting. Like, they're, you know, the people put in, like, clips from different movies or, they, like, they have their editing is a, a lot of work. And they've got, like, a, I think one or two full-time camera guys. But it's still kind of, like you know, just two dudes and they'll go out and they did, uh, they like, I mean, they got some money to play with on the channel. So they got, what they do? They put a turbo on the best Harley crate engine you can get. And so they got this, I think it's a road King. They got it to make like over 200 horsepower and over 200 feet pound of torque. And, uh, but they're starting to pop off pretty good. Like some of their videos are like getting a million views in in a week or two, but yeah, kind of interesting. It, their about channel says they're Christian guys. Oh, okay. There you go. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool to watch. They've got some, you know, 
it's a and they got some longer ones too so it's kind of like you just flick it on it's like watching a tv show it's not like i want to learn anything necessarily but it's subject matter that's interesting to me and it's done well enough so there's a recommendation i'm gonna give for the week bikes and beards but anyways i should probably get cruising i think we've got to start loading up some furniture here and It'll be cool. There'll be parts of the back of the shop that I'll be able to reclaim like in the next several days. So that'll be fun. Right, right. When I kind of got things, <laughs> I got used to working into it, how it is. Now I got to go change it all again. But yeah, any plans you know, for the weekend? Be the last time until the next time. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you got any plans for the weekend? Uh, I'd had plans. I was going to go on yeah. a trip, uh, you know, Short trip to North Carolina for a birthday party, but um, my plans now are to, I don't know, try to get some heat back into the house. Oh, you got, got no heat? Uh, very little. It works, I don't know, during the day when it's above 50 degrees outside. <laughs> like when you need heat and when it's <laughs> yeah. really cold below freezing it, uh, yeah, it doesn't work. Oh, man, that sucks. It had been doing that on and off, and I've had a couple people look at it, um, and it doesn't seem to be. Uh, easy to troubleshoot or they're stupid, one of the two. Mm. So I'm going to go look at it um, yeah. and see what I can see. Yeah. If I can dust off my memory. Yeah. And, and I've downloaded some uh, manuals on this particular uh, piece of equipment. So. Oh, okay, right on. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, you know, I was supposed to have that guy come out, and man, not not come out yet. And I called him yesterday again, left him a message, haven't heard back. So my parents were just like, "Oh, he's so good." You call him, and he's there. He's most reliable, does the best job. And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> so when am I going on three weeks waiting for him?" Is kind of telling me otherwise. So I may, I don't know, I may try and fire it up myself. I. Uh... Well, you know, I guess something I, I, we, we, we were going to mention, but we didn't. You know, uh, I joined you uh, over the past week uh, among the ranks of the uh, Masons. Yes. And Welcome to the fraternity. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. It is. It really is. Um, it took me a while to get, uh, you know, all the goat hair off, but. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wash your hands of all that blood that you have to sacrifice and lodge. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, they. You, you tell me what they were joking with you about in their little sound machine. Yeah. Um. They, guy came up to me like, oh, with a panic look on his face. He's like, we forgot to ask on your thing. Are you allergic to penicillin? I'm like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> I was ex that. That's all you've got. I was expecting goats, and he's yeah. And he started laughing. Yeah, that's funny. It's so funny. It's hilarious how uh, what it is to what people that don't know think it is or think it could be. You know, it, it's you look on just googling or Instagram or anything like that. There is so much much misinformation out there. And I think the reason is because unless you're in, you have no clue what it is. And then when you're in, it's like, okay, that's cool. And you're half like, why is this such a secret? Like, I don't understand, you know, th there's nothing here that should be secret. <laughs> but it is. And, and you respect it and you maintain it. But then everybody's like, oh, what are their secrets? What are their secrets? It's like, pff, just forget about it. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you and know? until 
I'm sitting there, right, and I realize what you just said. You know, none of this stuff rises to the level of secret, you know. <laughs> yeah, and know. then it hit me. Well, neither did it back then when there were stonemasons. Yeah. You know, nothing. You could sit there and watch them work and figure out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing was secret, but they kept it secret. Yeah, yeah. To make it more, I don't know, uh, secret. More, yeah. Well, when like the, where the handshakes come from and stuff was that you know back then you know when they're building temples in biblical times they didn't have like documentation for your credentials. It's not like I could show my journeyman certificate with the red seal yeah, from the province. Just Google your resume. Yeah, and check no your LinkedIn. references. Yeah, and so then as you would work, you'd progress in your skill level, and then your boss would be like, okay, you know what. You're at this level now. You're not just an apprentice. You're at this level. So I'm going to show you a secret handshake. And if you go work in the next town to build their temple or whatever castle for whatever king, whatever it is, uh, give them this handshake. And then you'll be able to do this level of work and you'll get this level of pay and on and on and on. Then when you're a master mason, you could travel about. And that's one thing the masons had back in the day, like stone masons, is that they were allowed to travel about uh, most people in those days weren't like you were a farmer you were in this town you weren't really supposed to be moving around uh, but the masons could because they were going to build different things for different people they had a, a skill set that that you know wasn't natural it had to be taught and then that's where the secret handshakes come from so you give this handshake like oh okay so you know what are you i'm this person of a mason you know i'm a stone mason in this degree then like we'll prove it and so you go into a back room and do a secret handshake. Sometimes you say a secret word. Okay, good. So then he knows that, okay, well, then you're going to start working in this inner chamber for the king because your craftsmanship is at that level. And that's where all of that stuff came from. And then everything else for being a secret, it's just, they just wanted it. It's a fraternity, you know, like, it's like, hey, let's, let's just be a little bit exclusive, <laughs> which is unpopular today. It's got to be inclusive, everything. <laughs> No, it doesn't. It's fine to have an exclusive fraternity where, you know, there's secrets. Yeah, I've heard How all kinds you? of stuff my whole life about it. And not having been a member until now, I'm not sure, sure. But I, my grandfather was a very good man, and he was amazing. I never met him, but he had a reputation that transcended his death. Mm. Um and then my uncle, grandpa's son, was a mason. He was a very good man. Uh, and every mason I've met, you know, the guy that wanted me to join back in the day, very good guy. Mm-hmm. You're a good guy. You know, everybody I've known that was a mason was a good guy. So mm-hmm. that That's one of the reasons that I was attracted to it, too. You know, it's like. I've never met a shyster who was a Mason and, and guys have told me a lot. So, you know, not every Mason's a good person, but we try to, to keep it that way. And that's why you, you have, somebody has to vouch for you. Right. And that's why like they interview you come to your, like here, they come to your house and they interview you. They talk to your wife and you get balloted in lodge. And if one person in lodge says, Nope, I actually don't like that guy then they'll take you off and they'll ballot you again at the next meeting. And if you still say no, then that person will never be accepted to that lodge and their name will be recorded in the Grand Lodge uh, that they were rejected for certain reasons. 
Now, there's certain ways they can appeal it, but you have to wait at least a year. So, and and I kind of thought like when when the guy that sponsored me was telling me that, he said, it's kind of, he said, when I was in your situation, I was waiting to find out if they were going to let me in. I was kind of like, ah, seriously? But then at the same time, once you're in, you have the power and the authority to protect the type of people that you want to join your club. You know, you can in, you can make sure that the men are of high character and, and, and high moral standards. And so if you know a guy who's like a shady businessman, you can say, you know, no, we're not going to let him in. You can even tell him in Lodge, say, I've had this experience with this guy. He's not trustworthy. Then they'll be like, yeah, you, masonry's not for you. You're not the type of person that we would like to have in Freemasonry. And to a large degree, I mean, it's amazing how good they are at protecting that, you know. It's uh, it's kind of cool. I, I really enjoy it. It's, uh, yeah, probably one of the most misunderstood things, but man, like I say, I wish, I wish churches had, an, had a, a program or a thing like masonry just for men. That's that would be unbelievable in my opinion. But yeah, they uh, some churches try it, but not like a. They just have men's groups, and they yeah, require and t- you know like Tuesday night men yeah, just I've, men get together. I've been to lots of those. Like I've been involved in lots of them. I went to one, and it was utterly worthless for what they intended it for. Yeah. If you wanted it for Bible study, that's one thing, but their intention was to make sure that the members of their church were good, upstanding men, Christian mm. men. And all they did was, you know, talk about the Bills game or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really, people? All you're doing is networking. Yeah. It's not... Um, there's no way you can do the things you're doing and come to conclusions about somebody's character yeah um, the best way to do that in that setting in my opinion and let and i i I can be wrong and i can learn because you know i like that but go back into a more of a bible study where you pick something one of the parables or one of the stories and one of the verses that have a message Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on being a man being a good man, being a moral man, being a Christian man, and then people's opinions on those things. Well, this is what I think it means. This is what I think it means. Yeah, that's subjective, but it's really telling as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if they start hemming and on and finding ways around it and looking for loopholes, <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only person I want hemming and hawing and looking for loopholes is my accountant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... You know, not not a Christian. Well, you know, Jesus said, "Don't do it." But what he really meant was, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, what he really it. meant was, "Don't do it." Yeah. <laughs> or else. That's funny. Yeah. And I've heard so much of that nowadays. With well, what they really mean is, yeah, that's what that's what the modern Christian church has become, and they they do it. They want to water down the truth. They want to make it a little more palatable so that. They think it's going to be a more appeasing to a broader audience, and maybe it is, but it's also the wrong audience. Like, like you know, there comes a point where if you change something so much, it loses the value that it originally had, you know? Um, like, yeah, 
just water down the truth so everybody likes it and all of a sudden everybody's just got a weak version of the truth well that truth doesn't have strength to survive that's why like so many modern churches i mean they're they're not taking the stands that they need to and saying no this is right this is wrong we won't change our opinions on this this is not opinion this is this is the truth of god and it says this oh no but that's offensive just what well, yeah in the, the bible's going to be offensive the stone that makes men stumble and a rock that makes them fall that's jesus right like yeah i uh i personally don't like it when people now you can say whatever you want i don't care but in to me that saying is backwards when people are like well the bible's you can't really say this it's offensive well you can be offensive to the bible or not offensive to the bible yeah. But the Bible is what it is. Yeah. You know, if it's offensive to you, uh, maybe you need to look at your own heart. Yeah. Don't train. Don't change the Bible. You know? Yeah. Just I say. find stop signs offensive to me. Well, does I do mean, too. But does that mean that they're not true and we can just water them down and turn them all into yields? Well, that would be stop absolute sign chaos. I, I see. It it sends me a subliminal message that it identifies as a yield sign. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So let's see what happens when we start watering down all the truths that we've accepted as truths. Right? It's like that duress signal people are supposed to give now for domestic abuse if you're out in public. What the is it? Stop signs are flashing three fingers. It says yield. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right on. Well, it's a good show, Todd. Absolutely. Thanks for hanging out again, and, and uh, I'm glad we could do it. As our 75th episode comes to an end. Yeah, that's crazy. Thank you all for listening and taking this ride with us. We hope to do 75 more. Yeah, yeah. Not before next week, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I don't know what the heck I was telling you before the show. Like, our, our, our downloads are, like, just spiking right now. When I say spiking, I mean, like, 40 a day. <laughs> 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 but but you go from Watch getting out like Rogan, here we come. <laughs> you go from getting seven or eight downloads a week to like forty a day, and then That's thirty awesome. the day. I'm like, I know, I don't know what's happened or whatever, but I think I. Well, I would like to say you remember about a week, you know, two three weeks ago, I commented on a SLL video that you know we oh, talked yes, about this yes, on yes. Uh, on our podcast. Maybe they weren't yes. looking. That that could be it. Actually, totally could. And I should, uh, if we finally do something about, I don't know, publicizing our can am soup. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, I think I've done an Instagram story at one yeah. point in time, yeah, but I've I also a think. Couple, but, uh, and now Instagram has uh, decided it won't let me do anything with our password so I can get you one. Oh, wow. Um, I hate, <laughs> I hate Instagram right now. Yeah. I hear you. We can talk about that next week. Yep. Right on. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll, we'll catch you on the next one. Next week. Right on. <laughs>